We're going to get some international news now with this segment known as Global News Watch. Joining us here in the studio, as always, is Nicholas Moore. Good to see you again. Hi, Henry. Thanks for having me. Well, uh, we're unfortunately going to have to start with uh, some bad news, and that is always pretty much the case right now for the past uh, few weeks in regards to the coronavirus uh, from a global perspective. Uh, this uh, upward linear trend still continues, unfortunately. We have now a uh, total, uh, at last count right now, uh, total infections surpassing 4.2 million. That's uh, well over 280,000. Uh, we're not at the earliest stages of this pandemic right now, and uh, different countries are on different parts of the curve, Nicholas. Mm-hmm. But uh, some maybe are uh, close to the end of the outbreak, uh, and others maybe are a little bit more on the upward slant of it. But we are seeing more citizens in various countries protesting that the lockdowns are excessive and overblown. Right. And maybe if they have a more global perspective and they can see um, some other countries opening up, they, they might be confused about the situation right. in their own countries. Right, the situation is quite confusing when we look at it at a global scale. Mm-hmm. Um, we do know that the U.S. still accounts for almost a third of global infections with over 1.3 million, and there are concerns of underreporting in many other places. And we'll get back to that point later, but we will say at this point that over the weekend, we may have seen an honest evaluation out of the Chinese government, which has long been accused of downplaying their outbreak. Mm-hmm. Uh, the director of China's National Health Commission, Li Bin, said on Saturday that the coronavirus had revealed weak links in how they address major epidemics and in the public health system. China also offered help to North Korea in response to an alleged message of congratulations from the North's leader, Kim Jong-un, to Xi Jinping on the Chinese president's good handling of the outbreak. We know that North Korea would be overwhelmed by even a minor outbreak, and while they continue to insist they have zero cases, Mr. Xi said that he was willing to continue inter-country cooperation to fight the virus in North Korea. Right. And so, uh, at least in Northeast Asia, we have a situation with, with China and uh, to, to an extent to South Korea, although we're concerned about the Etonian situation that uh, perhaps uh, the worst has passed right now. Uh, Europe was also very much hard hit here, Nicholas. Uh, but uh, we have seen some uh, promising signs in, in places like France and Spain, right? Certainly. They've reached some new daily lows and they're beginning to lift lockdown measures starting this week. Italy also is starting to allow outdoor exercise and travel to family members within regions. The three countries remain a little bit wary of their early experiences in the pandemic. But on the other hand, we have cases like in Belarus, with the President Alexander Lukashenko continuing full steam ahead with a military march over the weekend celebrating the victory in World War II. And we have Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro taking to a jet ski, even amid a Congress-approved period of mourning. Brazil does lead Latin America in number of infections. Yeah, and there's a kind of continuous sort of uh, trend line that we're seeing with these uh, sort of more right-wing leaders like Bolsonaro or Trump or Boris Johnson in the UK that uh, they handle the uh, uh, outbreak uh, in in similar manners. And uh, unfortunately, we're seeing sort of similar results in those countries as well. Mm -hmm. If you relax these lockdown measures too soon, there's always going to be a fear of a reemergence of uh, more viral outbreaks. Um, One example would be Germany. Uh, They were praised for their early handling of the uh, pandemic, uh, maybe even contrasting with their neighbors, Italy and Spain. But uh, they have also uh, loosened some of the measures. And there's a statistic, perhaps, indicating maybe a rise of new cases that risks maybe reversing some of those earlier hard-won victories. Absolutely. You are referring there to the reproduction number, or R number, Mm. which measures how many people one newly infected person will go on to further infect. So if this number is lower than one, that means the virus will eventually be stopped, not finding enough hosts to continue the spread. 
And Chancellor Angela Merkel did succumb to pressure from all 16 federal states on Wednesday last week, then announcing a reopening of schools, shops, and even restaurants and bars. At that time, the R number was well below 1 at 0.65, but it was back over 1 again through Saturday and Sunday, even as large crowds of demonstrators gathered in Berlin and Munich, for example, to protest further against the remaining measures. The opening was supposed to come with mask rules, but those are not being widely followed. And virologist Christian Drosten, nicknamed by German media the nation's Corona Explainer-in-Chief, has nicknamed this phenomenon the Prevention Paradox, where as a country's measures prevent the spread of the virus, citizens become more and more skeptical of the necessity of those very measures. Yeah, so if it's working, that is the natural reaction is that maybe these were too excessive. But uh, mm. we know that what happens if, if you don't have these lockdown measures in place, uh, certainly you, you run into these uh, trouble spots like we're seeing uh, or we have seen in other European countries like Italy, uh, Spain, and France. We're going to go back to uh, China because you alluded to this earlier, Nicholas, uh, coinciding with the uh, the rise of daily cases here in Korea uh, with the Itaewon outbreak. uh, We're seeing also similarly in China uh, new double-digit increases in infections on Saturday and Sunday. That has prompted a lockdown in the uh, northeastern province. Right, and we've been... kind of focusing on how there might be uh, risks of a second wave in many countries and maybe a little bit of an exaggeration to to say that this is risking a second wave in China. But then again, um, you know, we don't fully understand exactly what's going on there. So this uh, double digit rise um, came from a domestic case Um, on the ninth. Foreign cases were only two out of 14. Um, What made up 11 of those cases was a woman in her 40s somehow contracting the virus without any recent travel experience or contact with previous patients, uh, and then spreading the virus to 10 members of her family. That's in Jidin province, which neighbors North Korea and the county of Sudan. Uh, In that county, schools, trains, and all non-essential transport have now been shut again. And Wuhan also has reported its first coronavirus cluster since it ended its lockdown last month with five new cases reported yesterday in one residential compound. Right. Not huge numbers. If you take them at face value, uh, maybe they're being more better safe than sorry. But as you say, it's Mm. hard to tell uh, what exactly the real situation is. And you have more updates on uh, some more uh, worrying trends around the globe. Yes. Let's get back to the U.S. Mm. Uh, The number of cases in four states, California, Florida, Arizona and Illinois, are rising faster than predicted. One University of Washington official warned that opening state economies will lead to spikes uh, now nine days from today. Russia now has the fourth highest total number of cases, surpassing Germany, France, and even Italy now, with 221,000 total infections. Just above them is the United Kingdom, with 223,000 cases. Prime Minister Boris Johnson and Housing Minister Robert Jenrick called for a slow and cautious reopening tied to that country's R number. And Mr. Johnson has been a stauncher advocate of lockdown since he was sick with the virus. He did say, however, that those in construction and manufacturing and those who can't easily work from home should be encouraged to go back Mm. to work as soon as possible and that the UK will implement a reopening plan starting Wednesday local time. We're going to talk about that in much more detail uh, in the second hour uh, of the program, uh, the uh, the UK policy of reopening and generally uh, UK's uh, handling of the uh, coronavirus situation. Uh, But to add to the uh, doom and gloom here, (laughs) let's uh, talk about this New York Times article. Uh, They had an analysis on what's going on in Mexico City. Uh, They found that the number of deaths attributable to to the disease was three times higher than was acknowledged by the federal government there. And it seems like there's a few political reasons that might help explain this discrepancy. 
Right. Sorry, there's not much good news today no. in this segment. <laughs> uh, doctors in Mexico City say that they're living in two different worlds. Outside hospitals, people are walking around almost normally. There are only optional restrictions on travel, and the government is only pushing people with symptoms to either stay at home or seek care depending on their severity. But inside hospitals, doctors say that they were long, long ago overwhelmed. They can find elderly patients on mattresses on the floor or propped up on metal chairs. And even in less prepared hospitals than that, they've turned patients away or some of them have died while seeking help elsewhere. So what's to blame? Um, first of all, is the severe lack of testing. At less than one test per thousand people, Mexico ranks the lowest in testing out of all OECD countries. And next, a common factor with many countries, deaths at home are not being attributed to the virus. But in addition, in Mexico, many dead of respiratory symptoms are being cremated without getting tested. Even without all that into account, there's an estimated two-week lag in federal data. And the mayor of Mexico City has not spoken out against President Andre Obrador, as he is her close political ally. And so the government claimed long ago they had flattened the curve, but Mexico's health ministry confirmed new daily highs over the weekend over the 8th, 9th, and 10th. Unfortunately, this uh, trend of underreporting uh, seems to be uh, a theme among uh, various other countries, including in India, uh, in Delhi more specifically. The media has found that there are discrepancies there as well between hospital reports of COVID-19 deaths uh, around 92 and then the health department's daily bulletin, which only records 68. Right. This started when outlets such as the Indian Express started comparing data between those designated COVID-19 hospitals against the capital's daily reports. So, for example, while the health department's toll remained level at 64 from May 2nd to the 5th, one hospital alone reported 20 further deaths. The medical director of that hospital told a newspaper, I don't know what the Delhi Bulletin is reporting. You'll have to check that with the Delhi government. And so Health Minister Satyandar Jain did respond to this news over the weekend, blaming the hospitals themselves for not providing complete data. He said that reason of death, name, age, and other things need to be communicated in total before the death will be added, adding that there's no reason for the government to hide anything, and he guaranteed no accounted no unaccounted for case. And there's always going to be critics of government and, and the way uh, policies have been running forward. And here in Korea, there have uh, certainly been people who may have felt that the government has mishandled things uh, along the way. But the one thing that highlights the South Korea's response is this uh, uh, very uh, clear and complete transparency with the testing numbers, as well as the infections and uh, all of the other statistics involved so that the public has a very clear idea, uh, which is in contrast to some of these other governments. We're almost out of time, Nicholas. So I just want to jump to uh, the close geographic neighbor of Korea, Japan, because they've also had some questions as to how they've handled it. Testing testing statistics uh, early in the morning for these uh, uh, difficult to pronounce words. (laughs) There are some questions there that perhaps the situation is actually far worse than being reported. Uh, For example, from February to April, only about 11,000 were tested with 4,000 getting positive results, which is a very, very high infection rate. Right. And what this shows is that the um, guidelines for testing, which are only to be carried out in cases of pneumonia, are quite extreme in that country. Doctors also appear to be following that rule very strictly, only using about half of their ramped up potential testing capacity. And also worrying is that one study from the middle of April by KU University found that 6% of even non-COVID patients were testing positive for the disease. 
Uh, one professor warned that many mildly symptomatic or non-symptomatic cases were falling through the cracks. All right. Very good. Uh, Nicholas, we're going to leave it there, but thank you very much for all this extensive reporting. We'll uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Certainly. Thank you, Henry.